Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Glad that all of you are here and all of you guys look nice and full from the wonderful Thanksgiving and the multiple leftovers. So glad that you're here. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of Thrive Church. Man, we got a great crowd that's here this morning. I want to welcome all those who are watching uh, in the 715 area code. We're glad that you're connecting with us this morning. And I want to be the first that says to all of you, a very Merry Christmas. Glad that you're here. I want to just uh, give a shout out to all of you who participated in the One Day Convoy of Hope Giving last week. And uh, last week we raised close to $2,700. So give yourselves a hand for that uh, One Day Giving that all of you gave to. And that was a great, great experience. Uh, we're starting a new sermon, a Christmas sermon series called The Glory of Christmas. And uh, today we are talking about the faith of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want you to know today's message has been inspired by a gentleman by the name of Chuck Sly and also uh, somebody who wrote the book by John Mack. John Maxwell wrote the book, uh, Running with the Giants. And uh, we're talking about this young lady, Mary, and she was assigned this task, this incredible task that God gave to her to be the mother of Jesus the Savior of the world. We're talking about an, an incredible task that was given to her. And, and it's, it's just, you, there's not a lot that is written about Jesus' childhood, but don't you just kind of wonder what some of those conversations were like? Maybe, maybe Joseph and Mary knowing that their son is the, the Son of God and trying to teach him life's lessons along the way. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? How many of you, you, you had a great mom? I mean, you had a great mom, and your mom taught you a lot of great lessons. I had a wonderful mother, and I'm, I assure you, she taught me a lot of lessons. Here's a couple examples of the life lessons that my mom taught me along the way. My mom taught me about household cleanliness, and she would make statements like this. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the house. My mom taught me about religion. My mom would say things like, you better pray that that stain comes out of the carpet. <laughs> My mom talked to me, taught me about time travel. And she would say to us kids, if you don't straighten up, I'm gonna knock you into the middle of next week. <laughs> taught me about logic. She would say things to us like this, because I said so, that's why. She taught me about foresight. She would say things, make sure you're, you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. How many of you, I never understood that one. I don't know if I want to talk about it right now, but I never understood that one. My mom talked to me about, she taught me about osmosis. She would say, say things like, shut your mouth and eat your supper. Still wrestling with that one. My mom taught me about being a contortionist. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? Taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Amen? Amen? Taught me about genetics. She would look at me and say, you're just like your father. I don't know if that was good or bad. And then last of all, my mom, would she taught me about justice. 
One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out to be just like you. <laughs> Pointing at my daughter over there. <laughs> yes, justice. Yes. You know, just like Mary, Mary in the, and Mary in the video, she faced a lot of challenges, right? <laughs> I don't know if you caught it. Her, you caught her excitement and her joy about being an expecting mother, having already two kids in college, <laughs> having a little surprise on the way, and possibly having doubts about how, how, how did I need, I mean, I know how this happens, but why? Why, Lord? I can't do this. Or maybe she thought, like, I'm the least of all the people likely for this to happen. And I'm sure Mary in the Bible, she felt the same way. She must have had a crisis of faith. You ever had one of those faith crises before? It's like, why, oh God, why me? Like, th this is too big for me. I don't understand what this is all about. But I think that we, if we look at Mary's story, which we're gonna look at this morning, we see that Mary learned a very important lesson. I think all of us really need to learn this lesson, that she needed to learn to let go and let God. Let go and let God. We've heard that phrase before, but what does that really mean? What does that look like? I think for some of you, like Mary, you're facing a faith crisis today in your situation. Maybe, maybe at Christmas time, you just got news from a doctor, you got news from your employment, and you're facing a faith crisis, and you're just wondering, how am I going to get through this? And so this morning, I want us to look at the story of Mary and see the, not, not so much the life lessons, but we're going to look at Mary's faith lessons that we can walk away with today. This is from Luke 1, 26 through 38. And we'll see in, the, in this reading here, this is when, when uh, the, the angel approaches Mary with this gigantic task that she's gonna face. And I think the first faith lesson that we can learn from this morning, I wanna encourage you to follow along in your notes this morning. The first faith lesson that we can learn from Mary is no matter who you are, God can still use you. No matter who you are, what your situation, God can still use you. Look at this, Luke 1, 26 through 27. It said, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be, to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king of David. How many of you, you've ever, well, a lot of us here, but we, we tried out for a job. We had to fill out a job application. And, and sometimes you can do it online, and they got all these questions. They just want to learn all this information about you. They want to know kind of your personal data, your, your background, your education, your experience. They just want to know, do you qualify for this job or not? They want to ask you a couple questions. They want to know, what are your abilities, if, 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 you, if you take the growth track, how many of you have taken the growth track here at Thrive Church before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we want to learn. You know, we believe that each person is shaped by God, and God has given you many abilities. And so in a job application, the, the, the employees, they wanna, employers want to know what are your abilities. But they also ask you certain questions because they want to know what are your weaknesses. Or another word for that is what are your liabilities, what are your liabilities? You see, Mary could have been focused on her liabilities because she had some. 
If you know her story, you know that she had a lot of liabilities in life. Here's a couple of them. Mary was very young. You, know, you may not know this, but only of the age of 15, and she was betrothed to be married. And, and back in those days, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, we might think that that's really young to be married, but yeah, kids, would, well, they would be married at age 15 by the time they reached pu- puberty. And she was betrothed to be married to Joseph. This was a very serious engagement. They're not quite married, but mostly there. I mean, the commitment is there. And then the angel Gabriel visited Mary when she was young at at the age of, what, 15 or 16. So we know that she was very young. And I think some of us today, we can look at this and it's like, okay, if we were to pick who would be the mother of Jesus, you know, man, age 15 or 16, I'm not sure she's at the maturity level. And a lot of us may think that she would be too young, but God didn't think so. Another liability is that she was very poor. In Luke chapter two, it's, it's, it talks about when Jesus was born, after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph, they were, they were called to go before the priest and they were to bring before them a sacrifice lamb. But they understood sometimes the finances of people that people could not bring, they could not afford to bring a lamb, and so they would be allowed to bring two doves. And Mary, we, know, we see in Luke chapter two that that's exactly what Mary and Joseph brought because that's all that they could afford. And we might think, well, if I was to pick to who would be the mother of Jesus, I, I wouldn't pick somebody who, who really couldn't afford you know, to take care of Jesus. You know, just The finances are just not there. We might think that, but God thought differently. We see that Mary was from the town of Nazareth. Now, now if, if you know your history back then, Nazareth was, it was kind of a bad part of town. It was just a bad section. In fact, Nathaniel, who was one of Jesus' disciples, before he really met Jesus, he was being introduced to Jesus, he asked the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, I, I, I myself, I grew up in the state of Ohio, and we have something like that that we say ourselves. We say things like, could anything good come out of the state of Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Put this sermon on pause here for just a second. That song that we sang, It Is Well With My Soul, I felt like it was directed towards me <laughs> this morning. Some of you, you did not hear about the tragic news that the Ohio State Buckeyes lost to a team yesterday. The funeral will be held this week. I appreciate some of you have already sent sympathy cards and expressed those thoughts to me this morning. Thank you. Let's get back into the sermon here this morning. I think a lot of times we could think, well, if I was to choose the mother of Jesus... I'm not sure that I would choose somebody who lived in Nazareth or came from Michigan or even cheered for Michigan. I'm pointing at my son-in-law over here this morning here. But that doesn't really matter because God thought somebody from Nazareth was just the right person. And I want you to know this morning, I think that we can see through Mary that no matter who you are, No matter what has happened in your life, God can still use you. God is not done with you yet. God has great things in store for your life. God wants to use you. 
Today, you may think that you're too young, that you don't have enough talent, or you, may not, you don't have enough abilities, you don't have enough money, you don't have the background, you don't have the education. You may think about all of your past mistakes and all your failures, but I wanna encourage you this morning, this Christmas season, let's not limit God like we do sometimes. He's got great things in store for your life. If we would just humble ourselves and allow God to use us, he will. So we're talking about faith lessons that we can learn from, from Mary this morning. And the first lesson that we want to talk, we've talked about this morning is no matter who you are, God can use you. Please hear me. God can use you. God wants to use you. Number, set, the number two lesson that we learned this morning is no matter what your challenge, God is with you. Oh, some of you needed to hear that this morning. God is with you. You know, there are times in life where we are not, it's just not good for us to be alone. And especially during the holidays, a lot of people go into, it's, it's a depressing time for some people because they feel alone or they very much are alone. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and some of you, being alone on your birthday, oh, by the way, can, can we just... I'll say a happy birthday to my son-in-law, Ben, this morning. Can we say on the count of three, happy birthday? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. Ben, you're not alone. You might be alone being a Michigan fan, but you're not alone on your birthday. <laughs> we, the last, time, the last thing you want to be alone on is going through a life's challenge. Maybe some of you, you've been in the hospital with sickness or with somebody whose health is failing and you felt all alone or else you were very much alone. But Mary teaches us, by looking at her story, she teaches us that no matter what, if you are, listen to me, we've been talking about this the past few weeks, if you are a child of God, if you have invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and your Savior, what happened at that moment, at that moment of invitation, God placed his spirit inside of you. Everybody just kind of do this. Yeah, I, I can feel it. He's inside of me. The spirit of God lives inside of me, and therefore, you are not alone. The word of God says that greater is the one who's inside of you than the one who's in the world. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through this morning, you are not alone. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. God is with you. Listen to the angel Gabriel, what he's told Mary. He said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Look at your neighbor and say one more time, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused and disturbed. And she tried to think what the, what the angel could mean. Verse 30, but don't be afraid, Mary. The angel said, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. You see, God had an incredible assignment for this young lady. And that's what God does. 
That's what God does so many times. When you look throughout the word of God, you see it time after time that God would pick out just an ordinary person, just like you and just like me. And God would decide, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make this a God situation and I'm gonna take just an ordinary person and I'm gonna do extraordinary things through you. And he's gonna do it through me. Isn't that amazing? And that's what God was doing through Mary. I'm gonna do an extraordinary thing through you. But I tell you this, if, if, Mary, if, if Mary is anything like me, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna struggle with this. You know what, God calls me to do something. I'm, you know what, sometimes, I'm gonna admit it, sometimes my immediate thoughts are all of the potential challenges I'll face. You ever had that before? God is calling you to do something and you know you, you feel like it's a God thing, but all of a sudden, but remember we talked about this the other week, what we give God the buts? But, but, remember we talked about Moses? But, 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 I, and I think Mary had some, maybe she had some challenges in her mind. What if, let's, let's call them the what ifs. What if, you, you're telling me that I'm gonna have this child, there's gonna be an unplanned pregnancy. What if Joseph divorces me? Just imagine this morning that you're Joseph and you're hearing this news and Mary's trying to explain this. I'm, Joseph, I know you're not gonna believe me, but you gotta hear me, da 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 Knowing that you are not the father of this child. The obvious choice in this situation would, would be to dissolve this relationship on the grounds of Mary's unfaithfulness Mary doesn't know what Joseph is gonna do. All she knows is that God is with her. Another, another potential challenge is, well, what if my family, what if my family rejects me? What would, what would my father, what's my father gonna think of me in this situation? What will they think of me? They, I, can just hear, I can just hear my mom say, this, say these words, we didn't raise you to live like this. What were you thinking? You see, she had the challenge of being rejected by her parents. Mary, she doesn't know what her family, how her family's gonna respond. All that she knows is that God will be with her. But what about the community? She lives in this community, and boy, some of these neighbors, they can be so judgmental and so self-righteous. These people are going to despise me. And you know, we live in Nazareth. That's not a very big town. And you know how gossip travels fast in these towns, and all of a sudden, they're going to see this lump in my belly, and they're just going to say things, and they're going to despise me. You know, people like this, we shun people like this in our community, for having these indiscretions. You see, Mary doesn't know what, how the people are gonna respond in the community. All that she knows is that God is gonna be with her in this situation. What about the religious leaders? See, back in those days, there was a lot of religious people who walked around in these religious robes, and they found that their job is to point out all of the sins and the failures of all these people. And they had the ability to condemn somebody to death. And they would gather around a whole crowd of people and they would throw stones until that person died. Throw, that, throw stones at that person for indiscretions just like 
Marys. What would they think of this situation? Mary doesn't know. She doesn't know if she's going to be condemned by the religious leaders of her community. All that she knows is that God will be with her. And God will be with you. You see, he promises that he will not leave. He will not leave her. He will not forsake her. He will give Mary all the strength and the courage that she needs for whatever she's facing. Look at this. In, Matthew, in Matthew's account of this story, Listen to what it, what it says here. It says, the angel said, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. I love that. Which means God is with us. Did you, did you know that? Jesus' son, all right, Jesus, his name is Emmanuel. And it literally means God is with you. So that when you call out to God, Jesus, help me. How many of you ever, you, that, that's how you started off a prayer. How, how many of you have been there? Jesus, help me. You, you are calling out Jesus, the one who is with me, already here in this situation, present with me. God, help me. You see, I want you, one of the greatest truths of Christmas, the greatest truths of Christmas, through Jesus, God is with you. Oh, boy, if you get anything out of this message today, understand that God is with you. If you are with him, God is with you. Ingrid Trubish said this, Emmanuel, a name for Christ, means God with us. Human life was meant to be dramatic. We are meant to be God inhabited. Oh, I just underlined that one. We are meant to be God inhabited. Our religion is not organized around keeping God at a distance. In fact, it allows us to go see him when we want. If I really want God to be with me, then my life will be extremely different from the ordinary life. We are God inhabited. Jesus came to make God's presence a living reality. And you're like, can I ask you today, are you living that reality? Are you experiencing that reality in your life today, that God is with you? See, this promise is found all throughout Scripture. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what your situation, no matter what your circumstances, God doesn't leave. I, I just want everybody to get this straight. I just, I don't believe that some people ask in terrible situation, where was God? You ever hear that one? Bad situation, where was God? I, I, I don't, I just don't believe that God leaves us. I think too many times we leave him. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will be the constant in your life. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love this verse in Psalm 118. It says, the Lord is for me. Oh, I love that. You know what that, you know what that says to me? That means God is saying, listen, I am your greatest cheerleader in whatever you're going through. Man, I am up here and I am cheering you on. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, you can do this. You can do this. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Did you hear that? God is for you. God is for you. He's on your side. He's your biggest fan. 
and we don't have to live in fear any longer. So three faith lessons that we're, we're learning about this morning from Mary. We're learning that, number one, no matter who you are, God can use you. We're learning, number two, no matter what your challenge, God is with you. And the third faith lesson that we learned this morning is no matter your circumstance, with God, the impossible is possible. The impossible is possible. By no means was Jesus' birth considered normal. This, it doesn't happen like this, okay? Let me, let me read this. Luke 1, 34 through 35. Mary asked the angel, By, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the most Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. You see, Mary would conceive a child not through a man, but through the Holy Spirit. And I, I know, I, some of you yeah, I know. It just, it doesn't make sense. I, I, I find that all the time. I, I, I read through, through my Bible each and every day, and, and there's just times, it just doesn't make sense. But there's always a reason. There's always a reason. Let, let, let me continue on reading verse 36. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has come, become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. You see, not only God, would God do the impossible through Mary, but he would also through John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth. The word of God says that she was in her 60s or 70s. Even today, the miraculous conception is hard to understand. Years ago, how many of you remember talk show host Larry King? Remember him, Larry King? He was once asked this question. He said, if you could select any, just one person across all of history to interview, who would it be? Larry King, his response was, I would interview Jesus Christ. Okay, well, that, that's, that's an interesting question, an interesting answer. What, why would you do that? He said, I would like to ask him if he was indeed virgin born. You see, the answer to that question would define history for me. Isn't that interesting? An interesting question. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the resurrection. Did the resurrection really happen? Did the virgin birth really happen? You see, he's right. The virgin birth of Jesus is tied both to who he is and what he came to do. Why? Why? Let me give you the answer to this. Why did God do it this way? Here's the answer. You see, it's only through the virgin birth that it was possible for God to dwell with mankind as a human being himself and then pay the penalty for our sins. Let me say that one more time. Only through the virgin birth it was possible for God to come down and dwell with mankind as a human being and himself and then pay the penalty for our sins. In other words, the virgin birth made possible the uniting of full deity and full humanity in one person. So I think when we look at questions like this, I think the real issue is not whether a virgin can conceive a child, but whether is anything really possible, impossible for God? 
You see, Mary knew that a virgin birth is impossible to the natural course of events, but she believed that nothing is impossible with God. Whatever God promises, he delivers. No matter what he promises, he will do it. Check out Mary's faith. I love this. I love how her response is. Verse 37. For the word of God, she said this, for the, God, the word of God will never fail. If you look at the King James Version, she says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Have, have you ever seen something impossible? I saw, I, I saw something impossible this morning. Okay, So out on my walk, I, I typically will get up early and walk on Sunday mornings. Got my little headlamp and my little reflector vest. And I'm walking through my neighborhood, and, and neighbors have already started to put up their Christmas lights. And I'm walking up to this tree, and it must be at least 30, 40 feet high in, in, in this neighborhood, this beautiful pine tree. And somebody had already started on the decorations. And I'm like, how in the world did they get those Christmas lights all the way up there? I mean, they just shrunk perfectly. That, and I'm thinking in my mind as I'm walking in the morning, that's impossible. That's impossible. No way. I just, in my mind, I did not understand how this person did it. And lo and behold, as I'm getting up closer, there is that guy at 6.30 in the morning putting up Christmas lights. That's dedication, okay? This guy at 6.30 in the morning, I'm like, I have to ask, because <laughs> that seems impossible. How did you get those lights up there? My 20-foot folding ladder, my little extension on my paint, my paint handler, and lo and behold, all things are possible. Okay. Like, good for you. And I'm sure your wife is checking her life insurance policy on you as we are speaking right now. <laughs> See, I didn't understand it. And I know Mary didn't understand what was happen to you, happening to her, but she believed. Listen to me. See, you don't have to always understand. That's a lot of people, they get bogged down. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. And Mary, she didn't understand. But what she knew, she believed. That if God promises, God can deliver. I want to ask you this morning, are there promises that you have read from God that you're tempted to doubt? You ever have any of those, those promises? Maybe a promise like, does he really hear me when I pray to him? Will he really, really give me peace in the struggles that I'm facing? Will he, like he says, Matthew 6, if I put him first, will he really provide for all of my needs? What about this in Romans 8, 28? Is he really, no, seriously, is he really, really working all things out together for the good in my situation, because it doesn't feel like it. Will he really, really never leave me nor forsake me? You see, if you, if you look at it this way, every promise in the Bible has two parts. There's our part. There is, our, our part is always the, the, the part of obedience. When we hear it, we, we don't have, always have it all figured out, but will I do what God's calling me to do 
even when I don't understand. Remember that song, that worship song, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, I still trust him. Our part is that. There's two parts to every promise. There's our part, the part of obedience. And then there's God's part. And the promise of God of what he would do in response to our obedience. In other words, in other words, I, I, I see it this way. When, when we do our part, we can trust God to do his part. When it comes to God's promises, I believe it's that simple. We do our part. We trust and obey. And then we watch God show up. We, we don't manipulate God. We just put our faith and our trust in his promises. John eleven twenty five. 25. Here's, a, here's an example of God's promises. God's promises says to you this morning, promises of life change. Jesus said this in, Matthew, in John eleven twenty five. 25. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, okay? Stop right here. That's our part. That's your part. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and life. Anyone who believes in me, my part, believe, will live God's part. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me, my part, will never die. God's part. Do you see that? Our part is to believe in Jesus, that he is who he says he is. We can't, we're not gonna have them all figured out. We just need to believe in what he says that he is. Believe in him to be our Lord and our Savior and to live in relationship with him. And God shows up and he gives us eternity, eternal life. Let me give you another example. Romans 10, 13 Paul says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, our part, my part, just call upon Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior, and we will be saved, God's part. Whatever the promise is, it doesn't matter how impossible it might seem, there's nothing, listen to me, there's, please hear me, there's nothing, no matter what you're going through this morning, there's nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that is impossible with God. I read this book when I was in college. I love this book. Called The Lord of the Impossible. And it, and it just really talked about all these impossible situations all these Bible characters went through. And the whole theme of that, of that book was the Lord of the Impossible makes all things possible. And I want to ask you this morning, what Lord are you serving? Are you serving the Lord of the impossible? Because if you are serving the Lord of the impossible, he makes all things possible. Listen to Mary's response. Let's close out this morning. Mary just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't, I wouldn't do it this way. The math doesn't add up. But she said, I am the Lord's servant. Our part, my part, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm gonna do what he tells me to do. I'm gonna say what he tells me to say. I'm gonna go where he tells me to go. My part. May everything that you have said about me come true. God's part. I'm gonna trust you, God. I'm gonna obey you, God. And I'm gonna believe that all things 
are possible. So as we enter into this Christmas season, I wanna encourage you, let's grasp these faith lessons from Mary. I pray that during this Christmas season, you will discover that no matter who you are, God can still use you. No matter what you are facing, if you belong to Jesus, he will be with you. And number three, no matter what he has promised, the Lord can do it. As I close out this message this morning, I wanna go back to number two, promise. No matter what problems you face, if you belong to Jesus, he will be with you. I, I, I just think that is the biggest question right now. I think that needs to be our biggest concern. Is he with you? And the only way that Jesus is with you. You see, God never forces his way into anybody's heart. The only way Jesus gets inside of you is through invitation. Remember that verse where Jesus says, I'm standing at the door and knocking? He's doing that. For some of you, you're online today, and God is knocking at the door of your heart. Is God with you? And all you have to do today is just open up the door of your heart and receive him. Will you do that? If you've never done that before, oh my goodness, this is so important. Will you do that this morning? I've got to ask all of you, just bow your heads with me this morning. And for some of you, I, I just, nobody's looking around, but if this is the first time you're going to let him in, first time you're going to let him in your life, will you raise your hand? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Lord, we pray right now. We call out to the Lord of the impossible. We know, Lord, that you want to come and live inside of us. So God, I say, come. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I'm choosing today to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I choose to live for you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You know what happened here? You know what's happening right now? For those who prayed that prayer, the Bible says that heaven is rejoicing. Can we just join with heaven right now and rejoice? If you've made that decision, the most important decision that you will make in your life. Can I give you a second challenge this morning? Now knowing the faith of Mary that with God all things are possible. Our little family's got this little gift exchange coming. We're, we're, we're working that out right now. And you, we do this little thing where we give our, our Christmas wish list. How many of you have already started on your Chris, Christmas wish list? Okay. How many of you have been like really good this year? So you're going big. You're going big, all right? What if we gave a Christmas wish list to God? What if in this Christmas season we really went all in and we trusted God for a Christmas miracle. How many of you, you need a miracle in your life right now? There's something that you've been praying about for a long time, you need a miracle, raise your hand. We put up your hands? Can I pray for you? We're gonna, can we just trust God throughout this month, this month of Christmas, to trust God for that miracle to come to life? Put your hands up right now. In Jesus' name, all around this room, all around this room, I pray in the name of Jesus, miracles would begin to happen right now. Even when we may not see it right away, we may not feel it right away, we're gonna trust you like Mary trusted you for a miracle. The Lord of the impossible, I pray that you would make all things possible. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said, 
Amen. Let's give him praise for what he's about to do in this Christmas holiday. Praise God.